This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Using pre-planned lines on dating apps to start conversation does not work generally for women because we have a sixth sense. We have like a sniff test. We can tell that those lines are maybe lines that you got from a YouTube pickup artist dude, or you even maybe came up with it on your own, but now you've used it for every single girl over and over and over. It's like that saying, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Give a man a pre-written line and he'll date for a day. Teach him how to banter and he'll date for a lifetime. Or maybe not a lifetime because you'll find the one right away and then you'll stop dating and you'll just be married. But you know what I mean. I am Kristen from kristenandchill.com and I am the banter queen. I teach guys how to charm more than just the socks off of women. And if you're struggling in conversation, if you're getting ghosted, if you're never hearing back, if you're never, ever getting the results that you deserve, hit me up at kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, I'm not really even sure how to phrase this correctly, but what we're going to teach you this week is how to really hone in on the best parts of you so that you can show them properly to the women around you. But more importantly, they can help you become the best version of yourself because you won't be clouded by all this other BS that's floating around you that you think you're supposed to do. So we're going to teach you how to find that 20% that is going to make you a kick-ass man with women and with yourself. So keep listening. Women podcast. Today on our show, we have Robin Downs from Real Food Whole Life. But we're not going to be talking about food today with her. We're going to be talking to her about really a whole dating life and how to have a whole dating life using only 20% of the things that you actually need. Am I saying that even correctly? I'm actually going to have you explain it more correctly (laughs) than me because this is your area of expertise. But like, why don't you introduce yourself and tell people 
what we're going to be talking about today. Because I still haven't wrapped my head around it. But yeah, but you're the expert in this area. So I want to hear how you describe it. Yeah, well, I'm Robin Conley Downs. My umbrella brand is Real Food Whole Life. And then I have a book, The Feel Good Effect, and a podcast, The Feel Good Effect. My specialty is easy, simple habits for health and happiness. And that whole life piece that you mentioned, that's the connection. So we need habits in order to have a whole life. And most of us go about habits the wrong way, frankly. And we overcomplicate things. We focus our attention on the things that don't matter. And then we end up in the same spot and we wonder what's wrong. And often we beat ourselves up for it. And it's not really our fault. It's really the approach that's not working. So one of the parts of the feel-good approach in our method is something called the 80-20 rule. And that's what you were mentioning. So I can talk more about that, but that's kind of the overview of like why habits and what does that have anything to do with dating? And it's really like, okay, what are we doing in our daily lives that is moving the needle toward the results that we're looking for? Right. I love it. What were you talking to me about before we got on the something effect? Yeah. So Pareto's principle and the 80-20 rule. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you may have heard of this before, Pareto's principle. It's actually a concept that is several, like over a hundred years old. It was developed by an old Italian guy. He looked around and he thought, okay, this is really interesting. It looks like 20% of the actions are actually yielding 80% of the results. And then this has been shown over and over in business and real estate in Pretty much anything that you can measure, what you think is that everything counts, but really it's a small percentage of our habits and actions that count. So that's always something I'm trying to help people learn is like, okay, it's, it feels like overwhelming and that you have to learn everything under the sun and do it perfectly all the time. But really, almost always, it's 20% of our actions that are yielding the results, which helps us. They're having the biggest impact. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, so let's steer this towards our dating life because I know that what we talk about on the show. I mean, this is like our 370th episode, right? It's a lot of content. And for some guys, they're just like consuming, 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 making habit after habit after habit, but they may not really be focusing on what is the most impactful. Like our goal is to give them content that does have that kind of effect on their lives and dating lives. But how do people select the 20% for themselves, especially when it pertains to dating. What is the 20% when it pertains to dating? Just don't listen to only 20% of our shows. That's the only thing. 100% of the shows, 20% of what we recommend. Perfect. Done. (laughs) Well, my guess is in your analytics on the show, there are episodes. You probably didn't know ahead of time, but there are 20% of your episodes are driving 80% of the downloads. Sometimes it works like that. So let's run through a list of like in general, what in your framework, what you teach, what are the things that you're encouraging people to do when it comes to dating? And then let's talk about like, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty, but like, then we can say, how do we take that and put this filter on it? Now, spoiler alert, you all have already taken all the advice out there on dating and put it, my guess is, through this filter already. But then if we even want to hone in more. So let's go through like a few of the things that you recommend. Okay. So be open. Mm-hmm. Be fun. Be playful. Keep your fly on zip. Yeah. At all times. Be fun. Be open. Be playful. Be a good communicator. Listen. Be your best self. Yeah. Be your best self. Be a leader, own who you are, don't get rattled by her emotions. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. It can feel overwhelming for people. So from that information there, if we were to hone that down a little bit, how would you do it? 
So that's so I love this example. I've never applied the 80-20 rule to dating. So this is going to be fun. That is a lot. And I think your example about people consuming and then not taking action is really, really common. And part of it is it feels like all of this matters. I need to be a good listener and I need to be a leader and I need to like be fun. And that can feel paralyzing possibly. What we know to be true is that most likely the constellation of things for you individually, a few of those are going to be most important in terms of the person you're trying to attract. Because we do all want well-rounded people who are fun and listen and are leaders. But most of us actually have like our own 20% that we're looking for. So I would say if you're listening and you hear that list and it seems slightly unattainable maybe to do all those things at once, you could try to start one, paying attention to what you're already doing. So playing to your strengths. So if you feel like you are a really fun person, that's a strength of yours. That's something people around you notice. That's something that you've like learned over your lifetime, that that's a strength. You can really try to amplify that because maybe you're really fun, but then you're also shy. So that strength of yours could be your 20%, but you get kind of overwhelmed when you're in a new environment. What I would say, if that's your 20, if you know that's your 20%, how can you, the habit I'd want you to work on is overcoming shyness so that the fun part of you could shine through rather than I'm already fun, but I'm shy. So that's blocking it, but I need to be a leader. So now you're scattering your attention across multiple things. Right, right, right. I love that. So how would you advise people if they did say that they were really fun and outgoing? Actually, all of us can do this together, but they were shy. How would you have them zone in on the fact that they're fun and start to remove the shyness? What advice would you give to them so that they can overcome this shy hurdle? Because shyness is a habit as well, right? It's totally breakable. It is. A habit is just a behavior we practiced over time to the point it becomes automatic. That's really exciting to me as a researcher and a scientist. I'm a nerd, so that's my 20% is my nerdiness. But I found a partner. I've been married 20 years who's also nerd. So we have like connected on that point. And the interesting thing about any habit is that you can unlearn it. We tend to think of shyness as a personality trait. I look at it more as a habit. So that means you can learn an alternative viewpoint. So I think step one here is if you haven't yet, and I'm sure you all talk about this here, Take some time to do some reflection on which of the advice that you give most resonates with you, whether it's you know it's a strength or whether it's just something that you know that you want to attract that kind of person and maybe narrow it down. So maybe leadership, most of us can with upon reflection, perhaps talking with those in your inner circle. If you say, hey, these are the things I'm kind of trying to cultivate, which ones do you think I'm already kind of good at? You could start narrowing there, give yourself a shorter list. Then I would look at the barriers, right? So the barriers to showing that you're fun if you're shy or... Or even being a leader and you're shy. Right. (laughs) And so one is just shifting your mindset that this is a behavior that you practice over time and that you can learn a different way. The second would be practice an alternative behavior in low stakes situation. So I would never sell somebody who's shy to be like, well, you're going to go on a blind date with someone and please don't be shy in that situation. (laughs) You want to have some momentum from behavioral momentum. So you might put yourself in like a slightly uncomfortable situation. Maybe these days, who knows how we do anything socially. But if you were with someone that was a little more of acquaintance, but you felt comfortable with, could you put yourself in that situation and sort of have in the back of your mind, like, I want this to be a fun interaction. And 
start practicing in that lower stakes environment. Because usually what happens is people are like, okay, I'm going to overcome this. And they they put themselves in the hardest possible right, situation. they throw themselves to the wolves. Right. right. And then they're like, see, that didn't work. I'm too shy. This will mm-hmm. never work. So that is usually like the number one tip of any new habit is make it easy at first. So it might be that you're most shy individually with people, or it might be that you're more shy in groups. So I would pick the one that's, if you're more comfortable in group, practice that in a group setting. You're never going to learn a new habit if you don't repeat it with practice. So make it as simple and easy as possible to start practicing before you put yourself into that like high stakes, high pressure situation. I love it. Well, so let's take a step back for one second. So what kind of questions could people ask themselves to really be able to highlight their 20% that is like the thing for them to focus on? We listed a whole bunch of things that you need to do to attract women. But you were able to say that to narrow it down to being, oh, well, I know out of those things, I'm really fun and playful. So how do people highlight or focus on those positive things for themselves? Like how do they find those things that they're good at? Because some people have a negative skew on themselves and may not see those things. Do you have tips and practices for them to be able to find these great things about themselves? I do. And it's in the book and I can share it. Oh, yes. It's deceptively simple. So a lot of times we think about results or goals and it's not attached to our own values or how we want to feel. So we kind of just tried to flip the script and say, why don't you start from how you want to feel in your life, which might be a little bit challenging if you've never thought about it before. But we really encourage people to actually sit down, write this out and start a list of like actual emotions or feelings. How do you want to feel and why? And then the why question is attaching it to values. So if you want to feel, for example, authoritative or connected or like happy energized, then why does that matter to you? And usually the why does not matter is a list of our values. Maybe success and achievement is really, really important to you and that's a value. Success at work is a value for you. Maybe family is a really huge value for you. Knowing those two things, how do I want to feel and why does it matter? What are my values? Is a really like clear arrow pointing us to the 20%. Because a lot of times we make habits based on what we think we should do rather than feeling good. And when you can look at that list of what you want to work on, there's usually alignment in a way that way we can filter down to the things that are going to move the needle related to how we want to feel and our values. So you might have that huge list. And when you apply this filter to it, you realize like, actually, it's only a few of these that are most related to how I want to feel and most related to my values. I love that because I think what you're ultimately telling people is to shut out all the noise that they're Mm -hmm. hearing from the outside world about what they should be and really honing in on what they would like to be on who they would like to be. Right. So, and I, I think that's absolutely wonderful. And that's a lot of the messages that we give on this podcast as well, but I love the way that you're expressing it. It's a little bit more scientific than the way that we do it, which I like. So I think that that's wonderful. I want to add to that. I think it's really important because so many guys get caught up in what do women want? And it's actually funny because part of our podcast is ask women what they want. What, what's the second right. half of our podcast? Wait, I actually don't even know. I just know it's ask women, but basically it's like asking, what do you want? And right. Well, I we added you. a tag, what women want kind of thing. Right. And I think that that can obviously can be helpful, but then it can 
lead men down the wrong path. And I see so many times that guys function from a place of the cheesiest romance novel. Mm. Like they do think what women want is like the flowers or the guy who's got all the money or blah, 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 blah. When in actuality, they want a guy who is who they are, is who the guy really truly is at their best point. So it's like what you just said is, taking guys out of the mindset of like, what do women want me to be? Mm -hmm. And figuring out what do I want to be? And then that's how you actually attract the quality women. A hundred percent. I guarantee you, and I mean, I don't know how you'll hold me to this, but I guarantee you, if you have a clarity around how you want to feel in your life, what your values are, and how your actions align with that, you will not only attract the right women who also have those same values, you will like shorten that timeline so dramatically because women can sense when you're like, I don't know, what do you want? What do you want? Like that's a lot of energy to handle as a female. Like, okay, I don't know what you want. (laughs) Like that's not my job. If you can come to the table with an openness around like, here's what I care about. Here's what I've focused on. And here's how it aligns with what I care about. That's a huge breath of like exhale for a partner to know this is what this person knows about. This is the path they're on. And this is a connection for me. I always use this example and it doesn't sound like it totally makes sense, but it really does make sense. If you just listen to my intelligence, (laughs) which is rare, very rare. I'm listening. I'm listening to it. (laughs) I'm listening really closely. (laughs) So I always say the reason Amy Schumer, the comedian, is successful is because you know when you see her exactly who she is and what she's about. There's no gray area and there's no work that the audience has to do to try to figure her out. So it's in a way when you're a guy dating, if you can make it so clear of who you are, so you eliminate that extra work that lazy people like me don't want to do to try to figure you out. Mm -hmm. Like, is this guy, this fun surfer guy, or is he a business guy? Or is he like a holistic guy? Or is he out drinking all the time? Like when you have too much going on, it makes it work for the girl trying to interact with you, especially on like a dating app. So if you do narrow yourself down to like that 20% and hone in exactly who you are, And don't be a train wreck like Amy Schumer's vibe, obviously, (laughs) unless that's what you want to attract, but be who you are to like the highest degree. So it eliminates the work of going, okay, who is this guy? I can't even figure him out. He's wearing a Batman shirt, but he's talking about football or something. You know, it's like, who are you? And make that clear. 100%. Why do you think that that's so appealing to women? And be honest about that. Because I don't think that women have to do the same thing. Like, I don't think men... It takes confidence for right. a man to just be who they are, to be really committed. It's not... I'm not saying be committed to be like slovenly. Like, I'm just a lazy slob who lays on the couch. If that's your thing and you want to take that to the highest degree and then go do stand-up comedy, okay. That works in that sense. But there's something really confident about somebody who doesn't make changes for the world around them. They are who they are and no matter what setting they're in. And I think that's attractive because that takes confidence because, and it's okay, of course, to be a chameleon in a sense where you can fit in in a really sophisticated environment or a really fun environment. But just generally, 
when you can just be who you are without changing or apologizing, that's sexy because it's confident. And there's something masculine about it. Well, do you agree, Robin? Because I know that your book is for men and for women. I know that you tweaked it a little bit for our show to talk specifically about dating and towards an audience of men. But I know that you teach women to be the same. Do you think that it's as important for women... I mean, yes, obviously women, it is important for them to have this clarity, but in terms of attraction, is it as important? Like on the flip side, I know you're a woman, so it's hard for you to answer, but... I think so. And I was, again, I'll just interject the science, not that everyone cares about that, but I... I do. It's an additional piece to back up what you're saying. So our brain actually burns calories making decisions. And you may have heard the term... I'm really term- skinny. I know. I can't decide. I just, that's all I do all day long. Oh, well, decision <laughs> fatigue, that's another part of the book. Decision fatigue is very real. And it's one of the reasons we're so exhausted at the end of the day. So if you think about a dating app, it is literally just a decision app. It's like, you're deciding whether to flip or scroll or whatever the app is. You're deciding like, do I care about this? Do I care about that? You're burning, you know, not just calories, but so much energy. So just from that standpoint, from a decision fatigue standpoint, if you can save someone the mental energy and the mental calories of making a decision, you're going to one, get like, I mean, conversions isn't the right term, but like you're going to get more interest in your profile or in real life. So just like the Amy Schumer example, we think it's better to be neutral and likable to everybody. And really, when you're doing that, you're making it so much harder for someone to make a decision. And so you're going to potentially lose somebody that is a good match because they can't make a decision. They don't know enough about what you really are about and if that aligns with them. Now, I would argue it's probably the same importance regardless of your gender. I would say typically women have done a little more work to think about and identify what is important to me. What are my values? What are my core values? How do I want to feel? And how does that align with a partner? But a lot of people haven't. This is self-work to know yourself is actually something we don't teach. We don't practice. It's a new skill to learn. Once you've done it though, not only can you communicate it on a dating app, but it will come through in person. So you can rely less on confidence because I think confidence is an inherently a byproduct of this. You will be more confident when you know this. But it's almost like you don't have to even rely on confidence because it's just like, this is what you're getting here. Well, this is what confidence is. It's like what comes for the chicken or the egg. Like this is what provides you with confidence when you have clarity on who you are and you can stand by your own values of what you'd like in your life, how you want to live, how you want to feel. And then you can be confident in the decisions that Mm -hmm. you make. Is this in line with how I want to be, how I want to feel, the person I want to be with? So I, I think that confidence is the byproduct. Absolutely. And it makes it easier to take it or leave it with dating. It's like, you go on a first date and you know that these are my values. This is what I care about. I have clarity on it. That person doesn't match with you. It's like so much easier to be like, that's not the right person. Move on. I'm not going to expend again, all this energy, like agonizing over like, maybe we could make it work. And like, no, you can just say that was not the right one. And I think when I, when we say attract and repel, that just feels like almost restrictive. But I really argue, and we've seen this in the research, when you can be clear and make it very obvious 
you will save again, 80, 20, you're going to save so much time on dating people that were never going to be a match for you. And you open up the window for the 20% of people that would be right. So then when you are dating or doing whatever it is around dating, you're at least in the right pool. Yeah, you're dating efficiently. It's so smart. All right, we're going to be back in a moment with Robin Downs. I love this. So we'll be back in a minute. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Robin, we are back with you. And I love everything that you're saying. Again, we've talked about this, but I just like the way that you're saying, and I feel like it's really drilling in how important this information is. I know Kristen teaches this. I know I teach this. In fact, we're working together with somebody now named Ryan. I'm going to give a shout out because he listens to this show. but he was somebody that Kristen and I both noticed were was looking towards other people to semi-dictate how he can behave with them, especially in the dating world. And I wanted to ask you from a female point of view, what does that do for you? How does that feel for you as a woman when you have this man standing in front of you who is not aiming to please, I don't want to label it that way, but who isn't really living in his 20%. He's living in 100% all over the place. How does that feel to you as a woman? And what does that do for your attraction level? So Robin, I'll ask you first. I think it's everything we just talked about. It's too much energy for me to figure it out. So I will move on. Because it's simple as that. It's not like I think that there's something wrong with that person. It's just like, I can't figure this out. So I'm going to move on to the next thing. That's a little easier for me to understand what this person is all about, what's important to them, and does that align with the kind of person, the kind of life I want to have? Yeah. Kristen, how about you? Quick-witted writer. What yeah. About you? Did they name me quick-witted writer or did you name it? How did that happen? Because <laughs> I am a quick-witted writer. Hey, you are. I know. That was a perfect <laughs> name. Really... I was wondering how that popped Squadcast up. Squadcast knows me really well. So just for anyone <laughs> really listening, well. Squadcast gives you names if you don't fill in your own name. And it named me Quick-Witted Writer because obviously it knows what I do, apparently. Right. Sorry, what were you just asking? I'm not quick in the head though, uh, sometimes. Not quick thinking, Quick-Witted Writer. Yeah, you take time to right. write. No, I was asking like as a woman, how does it feel when you have a man... St- I know you've already kind of said this, but how does it feel when a man's standing in front of you, when he's aiming to please you, when he's trying to have conversations that he knows you'll be open to talking about instead of just talking from his point of view? How does that feel for you? Does it feel overwhelming? Is it pressure? Is it boring? It feels desperate. It feels really desperate. And so immediately I'll not be attracted to him. It's like immediately like, oh, this poor guy, he's trying so hard and it feels desperate because it feels like I'll talk about anything that you want to talk about. I don't care if it's your dog all day long and how annoyingly cute it is and it's an annoying conversation, but I'll keep having it. To me, that's no standard. It's a no for me. No, you explained it perfectly. Explained it perfectly. It can become draining. I know that sounds so harsh. And I listen, on the flip side, I know that when women 
are unclear of who they are as well. It can feel extremely draining for a lot of men when they're confused, when they're insecure, when they're down on themselves, when they're not sure what value they bring to the world and they're putting that onto the guy that they're with. That can feel extremely draining, especially if they are with a guy who is a little bit more clear on who he has, has more direction, has more passions. That can pull that man back as well. So I do want to get a little nitty gritty with this specific thing though, because what you're asking is, how do you feel about a guy who's only talking about like what you want to talk about? So then guys are going to say, okay, but then what do I talk about? Do I just talk about myself? I don't want to be totally self-centered. But to go back to that guy, Ryan, that we've both worked with, we were doing kind of a mock conversation, a mock banter. And something came up where in our little mock banter conversation, she says something about how she eats tons of pizza. I think I was just talking from my point of view because that's like literally all I eat. And so the first round was him going, oh, cool. Like, where should I get pizza? Like wanting to know like about whereas what then we got him to do was to say, because his mom is, I guess, I don't know, an amazing cook or chef or something like that. So he has really high standards for his pizza. So I wanted to know why he didn't bring that into the conversation rather than just sticking with, she likes pizza. So, oh, cool. Where do you eat your pizza? You don't just talk about yourself. You bring yourself into her conversation and her world. So it's like you add color or seasoning, no pun intended, speaking about food, to what she may find interesting. So if she's talking about pizza, you can still talk about pizza. It's something that she wants to talk about, but you bring yourself and your world and your coloring to that conversation. So you can still talk about what she wants to talk about. You just do it from your angle. Your perspective. Right, exactly. Yeah, from what you bring to the table, your experience with pizza. Even if you hate pizza, (sighs) I hate pizza, can't eat it, gluten-free, but it's amazing that you love this. And I love that you eat pizza all the time because most women do not eat those foods. Here's the food I eat. So there's always a way to bring you to the conversation instead of continuing to highlight her. Yeah. Well, so Robin, I know we already touched on this, but you had talked about compatibility. So how do you use your 20% to find the 20% that you also really like in a woman? Yeah, I think that it was an interesting point that you just made about bringing the true you to the conversation. And I think that that's really the answer. Many of us, either we are not aware of those like true parts of ourselves, or we just haven't practiced paying attention to them. But I think that's probably something you can cultivate as a practice. It's like, again, what do you really care about? What do you have strong feelings about? Whether it's a pro or con. So if you have really high standards about pizza, then it's practicing bringing that into a conversation. Like we could give another example, but most of us have like these deep seated feelings, emotions, reactions, responses, hit stories in our history that are actually the thing that are connection points. But we stay at the surface level probably because we think that's safe or like you were saying, it's we think the woman just wants to talk. So we're just going to like give her like little options to talk, but you're missing any real deep connection by not bringing out that true part of you because she's not going to remember talking to you. If you do bring that true part of you, she'll remember even if she doesn't like it. (laughs) Maybe that, it maybe it's not about pizza, but maybe she's like, that didn't work for me that that person has such strong feelings about quality of restaurant food. 
But if that's the truth, if that's really how you feel about something, it's going to come up in the relationship at some point, right? So I think we just try to hide under the generalities at the beginning of a relationship because we think that will make the person like us. We might as well just cut to the quick of like, how do I really feel about this? Can I bring in some of my true personality, my true opinions relevant to what she's talking about or her interests. And the more you practice that, the better you'll get it. Because I think, again, our personalities probably have a 20% rule too that really make us who we are. And some of us are like, Amy Schumer knows that and she's kind of honed it. I think some of us need some more practice with that, but it will make you more memorable. And I, I mean, keep using the connection but I do feel like that will create a deeper connection. You don't even have to have a deep conversation to create a deep connection. No, I mean, this is about pizza. Right, and what I actually call those little things there that he threw in in that conversation are anchors. Like you're throwing Mm. in these little anchors that like weigh the conversation down in a good way. Like it gives it some weight. Gives it substance. Right. So you want to throw in these anchors. It gives it substance. It gives it texture. It makes it, it makes you feel things because you may disagree or you may really agree or you may get excited by the way that he says it. It just makes it unsafe so that it can be a little bit fun and you can actually feel whether or not there's a connection right. there. So like, I don't see the pizza conversation as a, an aggressive one. He's not like, oh, I have really high standards. You better be on board with my standards or I don't like them. But I see that as a fun, playful way to bring the conversation to life a little bit more. Because most conversation is dull if you were to read the conversation as if it were a script. It's how you say things, what's behind the statements, the facial expressions that you make that bring those words to life. And if you're holding back on so many of those things, then it's just a really flat conversation most of the time. So I think everything that we're talking about is really just like taking away all this tense pressure and anxiety from conversation so that you have the ability to actually connect. Absolutely. Well, so I'm, I'm going to wrap up the show now, but I feel like we've knocked this one, <laughs> not knocked it down, but like really like dove into this fully. And I think it was a really good topic and I love everything that you shared, Robin. Can you tell people how to get in contact with you, how to get a copy of your book, how to find your website? Because I just think that this is a skill set that people really need to hone and learn for themselves. As you said, it's not taught anywhere, but it should be. It absolutely should be. So people have to take it upon themselves to teach it to themselves. And they can do that with your guidance. So yeah, please tell them how to get in contact with you. Absolutely. And I do think that the, especially the mindset stuff and the habits around how you're showing up is often not taught to men at all. Like I think it's not taught to women very much, but it's definitely not taught to men. And it's such a disservice because it's often a barrier. And I'm sure you find this with your clients. Like it's not that they don't know what to do, it's how they're doing it that is actually the challenge. So the book is anywhere books are sold. It's also an audiobook. And then I'm at realfoodwholelife.com and real food whole life on all the social platforms. But I think the book is just a great resource. It's very much like you can flip to a chapter and get some practices that could be applied to your work around dating. Yeah. But overall, like this is for bettering yourself, mm-hmm. right? And once you better yourself, then dating becomes easier. So I think this is beneficial for everybody who I would share this with, not just for single guys who are looking to date women. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. Kristen, you have something to say? Well, because my computer wasn't working right, so I came on late. The book I just wanted to confirm is called The Feel Good Effect. Is mm-hmm. that the one you're talking about? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. 
the Feel Good Effect book and the Feel Good Effect podcast. I love it. And Kristen, if anybody wants to work with Kristen, go to, what's your website again? Oh my God, I'm horrible. Who are you? How do you not know this? I know. Well, you haven't been on the show in so long. I forget. I mean, I'm used to like my routine, but now I forget it. I'm like drawing a blank. I like to forget it. I'm so focused on this writing thing for you. <laughs> I can't remember what your banter website Kristen is. Kristenandchill.com. Oh God, Kristen oh, and Chill. Kristenandchill.com. How do I forget that? Horrible. Well, you look gorgeous today. I wish that people could see Kristen bright and colorful. I'm happy to see you having a smile on your face. That warms my heart to see. It makes me very happy. It's actually taped on. It's made out of paper. It's just taped on. Well, it looks very real and it looks beautiful. <laughs> anyway, for anybody who's listening, new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show and do not waste your time downloading individual episodes because that's wasted time. You could be using that time to work on yourself and get to know that 20% of you instead of downloading episodes of our show. So please subscribe and share our show with anybody that you think can benefit from listening to the Ask Women podcast. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. 